Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. I'm Jason. I'm Ed. This is Ed. I'm Nathan. And this is Nathan. This is the first time we've ever done this. <laughs> 93 <laughs> episodes in. We're changing it up. We're introducing ourselves. <laughs> J- Jason Curveball Collins. <laughs> I get bored. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you know, I, I think about sometimes the people who are just listening and not watching, and they, they may have a trouble distinguishing our voices. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I should, if really. you're not watching, I have lost 32 pounds. If you're right. not watching, I've lost 32 pounds. And you look great. And I have a six-pack. You look so good, Nathan. Of cherry coke. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> On the table. I'm so proud of you. So, All right. I so, grew a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not true because I've grow, seen you try. I cannot grow a beard. Ed and uh, facial hair just they don't, don't go They don't work very well. Facial hair. Goes with me. <laughs> There's no plural. That's right. I That's have right. one long one. <laughs> you just let it grow. <laughs> and you just do that. <laughs> wrap it wrap around. It around. Like with the hair on their head. Yes. Just wrap it around my whole face. <laughs> we can make a toupee out of it. <laughs> out of that one hair. Welcome there. to talking about beards. <laughs> <laughs> is that what this podcast is about? I don't. Yeah. Honestly, it might as well be. <laughs> I remember when I had two hairs. <laughs> When I was 12. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, as I promised last week, if you were tuning in last week, we have uh, lots of questions over the next few weeks that we're going to be tackling, and today is no exception. We have one, and I think this is going to take our entire time. It's the doozy episode. That's I what said we it last promised. Week. I said last week doozy. it was a doozy. It's the doozy episode. That's what I said. Now, really, I, 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 I love the, the heart behind this question. I, I, it's a question that I think is important. I want to answer this. I'm sure you guys will feel the same way uh, because I think this is a really important question that the person Jason, asks. beforehand, said he was really happy to answer I this question. I am very happy to answer this question because um, I, I have had some of the same experiences that this person has had, and so I, I, get, I, I feel you, kind of. All right. I feel where you're coming from. So let's get into it. Question. First of all, the, the person just thanks us. They say, thank you for your willingness to answer questions. Well, you're, you're welcome. You are very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, don't know how well we do all the time, but we, we give it our best shot. And we have fun trying. We do. So, they say, I'm a new follower of Jesus. I've also just suffered the death of my husband from COVID. Hmm. I'm a mother with small children, and they need my care. I have people who say to me, quote, Everything happens for a reason. One day you will understand. I hadn't asked anyone who has said this because I know that they mean well, but are they saying that God caused this to happen to our family? I know it's a long question. I didn't know how to shorten it. I want to trust God, but I'm hurting and I'm confused. Don't apologize. That is a great question. Yeah. And um, and the reason that I said in, in the beginning is I... I feel this and I understand this is, and for those of you probably heard me say this before, I also experienced loss uh, about 19 years ago and uh, we lost our son. And um, when we did, uh, people said some of the very same things to us. Um, That In fact, they said worse. Well, they wouldn't think they were worse, but I thought they were worse things. Um, They would say things like, don't worry about it because God took your son so that he could be an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, um, don't worry because God's going to give you another child. Mm. Um, to, and, and I just say, it, 
in in the in the in the need people feel to say something comforting those aren't comforting things because when you're hurting and grieving over the person that you've lost you don't want to think about another person you want to think about them mm -hmm. because that's the person you love and that's mm -hmm. the person you care about so um so I'll just start by saying this. You are right in that statement when you said, you know, I don't say anything to those people because they do mean well. And you are right. They do. And this is not against anybody who is trying to comfort someone. Um, I think a lot of us when we're in situations where we just don't know what to say, we feel like we need to say something. And then we just try really, really hard to bring some kind of comfort to a person who's hurting. And in that, in that we often say things that aren't as comforting and sometimes the opposite. And so um, if you're that person, <laughs> can I just say this to you? If you're in a situation where somebody's hurting and you want to help them feel better, um, say nothing. Um, in most cases, the, la the less you say, the better you will help. And what I mean by that is people who are in grief, they don't need explanations. Um, they don't need... Uh, words that will try and somehow magically fix the grief, what they really need is presence. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, we know they need the presence of God because he is the God of all comfort. We, we know this. Um, but God chooses to work through his people. Mm -hmm. And so you being a presence in that per grieving person's life is God's spirit working through you and so I can tell you I've sat in living rooms where parents have just buried their children because now because I have they call me <laughs> and they ask me to come and um, I, I rarely say anything other than I'm so sorry that this has happened what can I do to help you and mm -hmm. then just sit mm -hmm. and I let them tell stories I let them tell me what they're feeling and then I just and whatever's appropriate as far as you know, hugs and hands on shoulders and just sitting next to them being in their presence is often what they need. So um, I know that's a little bit different than what you asked, but that's what it made me think of. I, I did want us to talk. I about think it. that's a really important thing to talk about. I do. I'm glad yeah. you decided to say it. That's yeah. a really important yeah. part. Um, but I think at the heart of it, um, because what your question was is, um, is it true what they're saying? Does everything happen for a reason? Um, and is it just one of those things where we don't get it and there is some magical, or not magical, but some cosmic or spiritual reason why these bad things happen in our lives and we just got to wait to get our answer? Um, so I'll let you guys talk a little bit about that issue because we do hear that a lot. When bad things happen, Christians, a lot of us, will say those kinds of things. Well, everything happens for a reason. Well, everything happens for a reason obviously yes everything if you just mean everything every effect has a cause that's true yeah but if you're then equating which i think this person said do they mean god had a reason for everything that that's happened what they, that's what they asked yes did god have a reason for everything that happened I don't see that taught in the Bible that mm -hmm. God had a reason. That God for, causes everything that happens. It's yes, not taught in the no, Bible. Yeah. and it's not even that He looked at everything and said it was good. In fact, there—I mean, we talked on the last episode that He regret and the flood. Whole flood thing starts with God regretted what was going on with people, and He made people. Mm -hmm. So, 
even things that God looks at, he goes, that's just not good. Mm-hmm. It's just not good. So what I think people are getting at when they try to say it is where Paul says God's at work in all things. Mm-hmm. God is at work in all things. Yeah. God loves us so much that in all things, he will take all things and he will bring out the good in us mm-hmm. if we will allow it to happen. He will help us become good people through it if we will allow that to happen. But did he cause it? No. Will I understand one day why it happened? I may see ultimately the cause that something nobody understood why this happened and then that happened that was bad that God didn't want to happen. And yeah, that's why it happened. Will that help me somehow understand it? I don't think so. Yeah, and to that point you just made, Ed, um, again, speaking from where where I came from, I, I have discovered in talking to people who go through grief that there is some therapeutic value in uh, moving forward past your, your grief event to um, create some meaning out of it. And what I mean by that is you lose someone that you care about and there's all that pain and grief that comes from it. And then you'll see a lot of times people will then shift their focus in life to take uh, that pain and try to help someone else mm-hmm. or yeah. to try to yeah. like for example there's an organization in our community I, I know this family their daughter uh, was killed in a car accident uh, as a teenager they cre- have created this foundation because the, the accident happened due to uh, a distracted driving so they have taken that tragedy and they created a foundation that now advocates in fact got one of our laws in Georgia on the books to combat distracted driving in order to save lives in the future. And so they've used this pain that they went through in order to make positive change in their world. Uh, They continue to raise money to support all different kinds of things through their foundation. And so, again, because I know this family, we, we, we see them very often. We have, I've had conversations with them. They see the the tragedy they went through, not as, okay, this is the reason that it happened, therefore we, this is what, what God wanted to have happen. They just see we live in a sin-stained world where bad things happen and, and death happens. Right. But because, because they are believers in Jesus and they live in the kingdom of God, they want to see God's kingdom break through. And so they reach back and say, well, I'm going to take this, pain i'm going to use it as a catalyst to now bring the kingdom a little bit uh, closer into this world and they have done that and so if you want to sit back and say well god caused it no god didn't do that in order for this to happen you can't draw a direct line causation in and that. you have to be really careful because then if you're not a believer in god it sounds like god didn't have any other way to make that happen yes i mean there God didn't have any, he had to have that person die for us to get a law in the books or wasn't any other way. That's right. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It to doesn't me. make any sense. And, it, and it, what it does is it, I'm going to use a word, you may, it impugns the nature of God. And what I mean by that is it puts onto God a characteristic that we know cannot be true. God is not the author of evil. Right. He does not, he does not sin. Right. <laughs> he is pure. And so anything that is evil and of sin, God did not orchestrate, cause, do that. He, he can, he, he's so omnipotent and he's so smart and he's so wise that he can take things like that 
and turn them into right. mm. all kinds of amazing things yeah. that we could not even imagine because he's just that good. Mm-hmm. But to say that, well, God did that so that this could happen, and that, the thing you point to is killing a child or right. uh, someone's father or right. your husband, right. the person who asked the question, you are, you are putting something on God that makes God out not to be who he is. That's right. And so um, I would say to people who, who, who say that, not in a mean way, but... No, they're trying to help. They're trying to help, but man, you need to be real careful there because <laughs> I think you might be, I think you might be uh, misrepresenting the God that I know you don't want to misrepresent. Right. Don't you think part of, part of this, the, the idea of everything happens for a reason, um, you know, it, it can, I think for some people it's, it's comforting as an idea. It is. Um, that, that there's some deeper reason and someday I'll understand. But I think it misses the point of how we function as humans. Um, I think we th- tend to think of ourselves as people who are understanding people like that at the core we, we we need to understand things in order to mm-hmm. to to move forward in life and to do that um, but by, by primarily we are people we are beings that love things and grief by its nature is love um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes is that every lament is a love song mm-hmm. that when I'm lamenting it's really coming from a place of love and as you said earlier I, I don't want to be moved to something else grief which is a good thing grief is a healing thing when I when I step into the process of grief obviously not the thing that happened but when once this thing has happened when I choose I'm going to grieve this fully it is I'm 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 I'm, I'm engaging in a loving act for this person that I've lost or any of that. And so there tends to be this way that I want to enter into my brain uh, to understand the reasons that this happened instead of living in the love that I have for this person, which at this point, because that person is gone, it's a, that, that love is, a, is painful or it is sorrowful or it is all, obviously we know with grief is all different kinds of emotions sometimes at once. And because it's, all those emotions are so chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just because it, it often is anger and sadness and depression and fear and all those things swirling at once. We feel like if I could understand the reason and the cause, I could bring order to the chaos. Yep. But the invitation of Jesus to us is not to understand more. It is to love him more. And so even in the process of grieving, even when I don't understand why, I can. it can be an opportunity for me to love God more and that I bring him into the process of the grieving. And I say, even if I can't, God, I can't understand this, I love you and I trust you and I know you're going to bring good out of this even though I can't see it, even if it's good that happens in me. I know that you love this person that I lost, that all of that, it's still chaotic. But what we know the story of the Bible is the one who brings order to our chaos is not us. Every time we try to bring order to our chaos, it causes more chaos. And so in the process of that, I think, as you've said, I understand why people want to offer an explanation so that you can understand the reason i've even i mean i even understand pastors who in that moment want to explain the nature of sin and how sin leads to things because it feels like if i can help you understand then it'll help you grieve better but the truth is grief and us as human beings we're we're designed to love and that that's at our core and our our understanding is uh 
I can't think of a better word for it, sublimated to it. I can't think of a better word for it. It is underneath Mm -hmm. our ability to love. It helps our ability to love. But ultimately, um, in these moments, if as the person who asked the question, if you are grieving, um, allow yourself to embrace that grieving process Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully in the context of a community with either a counselor or uh, if you're a member of our church and that's why you're doing this, that you would be in a small group or a discipleship group. You'd come talk to one of us as a pastor to Mm -hmm. allow other people, as you've already mentioned, Mm -hmm. to be God in flesh to you, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to work through other people to, to comfort you. And that often is the way um, that when you go through grief, you find you don't just sometimes, it doesn't just draw you closer to God. It draws you closer to the people that are are with you in that moment, that you now share a, a bond in that moment. So that'd mm-hmm. be my encouragement out of this. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you saying that because I was going to say I, I, I wanted us at some point during this, you know, during our answer to speak pastorally just for a moment to, to this person, um, who's lost her husband, um, because, um, you do need that Mm -hmm. going forward. Um, and I, and I believe that is God's will for you to experience his comfort through the body of Christ. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, not because he did this so that you would, but in this, you can understand uh, his love more deeply and yeah. in more uh, in more powerful kinds of ways than maybe you have before, um, because that that's the the amazing nature of the God we serve is that even in the midst of our worst pain, um, we do get um, experiences of His grace and mercy mm. and His comfort in even greater ways. And I've seen it, I've experienced it. Um, and it and it will continue to be that way, I know, because here's the thing about our lives is every single one of us is going to go through loss. Yep. Mm. We are all going to taste death and experience the death of people we love. And, um, and, and, and the thing about that is people often want to say, well, that they want to use that as a reason to, you know, uh, to say that, well, maybe you got it all wrong and this good God thing doesn't exist, but actually this is, this is the whole point of God interacting with his, his creation. That I've always said, you know, the problem of evil and death and suffering is not a problem in Christianity. Christianity is the solution to that problem. Yeah, everybody has to answer why is there evil? Yes. Whether you believe in God or not. That's right. Nobody believes everything in this world is the way it ought to be. Yep. And so believing in God is, I mean, that question of why do bad things happen to people, that's not, a, that's not just a question we have to answer. That's Everybody right. has to answer that. Mm-hmm. I have an answer, and mm-hmm. I think God has provided a solution for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that everybody has a great answer for that other than people are just bad. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think unique to Christianity is that our God suffers. Right. Yes. Um, is that in Jesus, we don't see God just offering a solution from afar and like, here's a mm-hmm. handout. Let me help you out of your suffering. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, my solution to your suffering is I will suffer, that I will come on and take on the suffering of humanity. And it's not just Jesus' death. You know, when we first meet Jesus, 
um, as an adult in the scriptures, his father's already dead. Right. He has already buried people he loves. He knows what grief is. We see him grieve um, when Lazarus dies, and we most people point to when he mm-hmm. weeps. He's not weeping because la- necessarily because of Lazarus is dead and he's lost Lazarus because he knows he's bringing Lazarus. He weeps for the—he says he has mm-hmm. compassion on those who are grieving. Yep. He feels for them. He feels uh, most likely for the pain that Lazarus probably had to go through in mm-hmm. his death, that all of that— Jesus knows what it is to grieve, yeah. um, and so he knows when when we come to him, he can empathize with us. He can simp- he has gone through everything we have. And in the scripture, when we're taught of what do we do with grief in people that we love, as simple as it is, is I weep with people who weep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't say when people are weeping, go explain to them why. Wow. Yeah. Or even explain to them why they don't have to, That's or right. tell them why Jesus has overcome that. Mm-hmm. It just says my response should be, I enter into that like God did. I enter mm-hmm. into it when they're happy, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, the, that's often been the harder one for me. When other people are happy and I'm not happy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to enter into their joy yeah. with them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's that's what we're called to do in love. Is I don't explain any of it. I don't have to. I don't have to justify why you got to be happy and I don't and why you're sad and you don't have to be. Mm. I should enter into it. That's a part of being the well, body of Christ. I was going to say, that, that is the metaphor that Paul uses. It's the body. One part suffers, we all suffer. Right. One part rejoices, we all rejoice. It, and that is, the, that is the nature of being in community. Yes. And it is, the, it is what God is in his nature, and it's what he wants for us. Well, it's a little bit of what I'm coming to realize is at the core of what I think is very hard for most of us, and I don't know other than my culture, which is American Southern Christianity, is... We are very individualistic, and I think if I can provide a way for you, I'm not feeling the grief you feel, and I think I don't feel it because I understand Jesus had a purpose <laughs> for this. and all. If I could just help you understand that, I won't have to suffer, and you won't have to suffer. Mm-hmm. And I've given you an answer, and that's what I can do, whereas what the call of Jesus is to me is no I have to realize you're a part of me, yes. and I have to give up my right to not suffer Mm-hmm. And I must suffer with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I must decide to enter into it with you. Mm. Uh, that's a lot harder because I don't have to do that. Yeah. I don't have to. It. I could still be okay with God and not suffer with you, except I disobey a command to suffer with you. Yeah. Well, and I miss. <laughs> I miss the point. I miss the point of what life with God is. If I don't. If I don't choose that it's not just about communion with God, it's communion with you, and we are one body, and so when you suffer, I suffer. Uh, If when you suffer, I don't suffer as well, uh, we may not be one body. Hmm. Um, Because, I mean, that's just the way of the nature when... When when my thumb hurts, I my whole body feels it. It's I can't a, say my foot doesn't feel it. How would I even know if my foot feels it? Because we're all one body. Mm-hmm. Like I can't separate those things out. I I mean, even just looking at my hand, like my daughters draw. I think it's funny when they draw pictures. You know, they make these little divisions when they draw. I don't know if you ever seen little kids draw. Like mm-hmm. they draw a hand and they draw it all together, and then they go through and they mark like where the fingers are. But that's not on my hand. Yeah, there is right. no division from where my finger ends and honestly where my head begins. Yeah. There's all one connected just, piece. Yeah. Uh, and so when you when you think of it in this way, um, if I'm able 
to to be in relationship with you as a brother or sister in Christ and when you weep it, it doesn't cause me to weep a little there may be a way in which we're I'm not really experiencing the life that God intended for me to live well and, and this is not really at the person's so I apologize for this I, I hope we've helped you we we want to help more if we haven't please reach out to us if we can help in other ways but the whole idea that I can enter in and find God in this world when Jesus told me if you want to see me you'll find me in jail you'll find me mm-hmm. in sick people you'll find me with the poor mm-hmm. you'll find me with the brokenhearted and yet we think I'm going to find him at a worship concert mm-hmm. where we're all raising our hands and I'm going to find him where I find him is with people who are who really need him and mm-hmm. if I want to experience that I enter into that mm-hmm. I, I have to willingly enter into that yeah, yeah so the final word I was just going to say, because I think we're kind of wrapping this up, is um, the last thing that you said in your in your question is, I want to trust God, but I'm hurting and I'm confused. And uh, you you have every right to be hurt and to be confused. But I, 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 I appreciate and I applaud your willingness to want to trust God. Whether you feel as if you're doing that right now or not, that's enough. Um, you, you have the desire to want to trust him. So, um, use that, lean into that. And finally, uh, as Ed already sort of alluded to, if you, uh, you, you remained anonymous when you asked this question, which you have every right to do, um, but you don't have to stay anonymous. Right. Um, you can reach back out to us and, uh, we, if you don't have a community already that is mourning with you, weeping with you, supporting you and helping you to feel the comfort of your heavenly father uh, we would love to be that for you because we are one body with you already yep. and we would we would be more than happy and willing to play that role uh, if you need it uh, but it's up to you uh, I don't know maybe maybe you have found that and you are experiencing that and I would I think that's true I hope it is and I thank God for it if it is but if not you have us and you have this community that would stand right next to you and we would not <laughs> give any kind of platitudes. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just support you and love you through all of this, whatever that might look like. So I uh, just wanted to say that and offer that to you, uh, whoever it is that asked this question. So I hope that was helpful to you. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with a couple of more questions. I think we've got some Bible questions that we're going to deal with. Yep. So... We'll see how that goes. All right. See you guys next week.